Thanks very much. Am I on? Fantastic. Okay, so just before we, we start, just if we could just pray. Um, so Lord, um, I thank you for the gift of your word and that when we think of the things that I'm going to talk about today, that we all open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to what I'm saying. Amen. Okay, so some of you who don't know me, just I'll quickly just let you know who I am. My name's Vicky, as uh, Claire said, um, and I'm a mum of two, um, teenagers now, so I've been through all the horrendous stages. It only gets worse, I might add. (laughs) You wait till they're 16. Um, And I'm also a nurse, um, so half the time, uh, the first few week, uh, the first few days of the week, I work for a project working with the Gypsy Roman Traveller community. I'm trying to improve their health outcomes. And the second part of the week, I'm a school nurse. So I uh, vaccinate all your little ones and do things like that. Um, I've been coming to St. Paul's now for about a, about a year. And then before that, I lived in Guernsey in the Channel Islands. And then before that, I was at St. Paul's. So that's who I am. So before I start, I'm just going to a little story. You've got four kids, so I can imagine, have you ever put any flat pack together? Have you ever put cots together? It's an absolute nightmare, isn't it? Absolute nightmare. And and I remember a story um, a few years ago. I've got a son. He's 17 now, so it would have been about seven years ago. Um, I was trying to put together um, a bed. Uh, It was one of these cabin beds that have got drawers underneath it. And I'm trying to put it together. I've seen the picture of what I want to achieve. And I think I got it from Ikea or, I don't know, Arg or something like that. And it comes all beautifully flat packed, doesn't it? And they give you instructions, except the instructions aren't even words. They're like pictures. And you look at these pictures and you think, oh my goodness, how am I going to get from there to there? You know, what is it, you know horrendous, these pictures. I'm a bit of an activist learner, if you like, and I, I, I can't be doing with instructions anyway. You know, I get, it, I get it home, I rip it open and think, you know, how can I put this together without even looking at the instructions? But I did try. Nowadays, I get my father to put things together because uh, it wasn't the most successful. Um, I did manage to get it together eventually. Um, it, it, it had drawers underneath it, so... Uh, the, the front bit, you know, the little bit that you pull out, that was back to front. And the bit that was meant to sit at the front, or the bit that was meant to sit at the back, sat at the front. So it didn't have the shiny bit on it. It took me 10 hours to put together. <laughs> My son was desperate to go to bed. It was 1 o'clock in the morning. And he said, Mum, Mum, I'll just sleep on the couch. And I'm saying, no, Charlie, I've started and I'm going to finish. <laughs> so he eventually, uh, I eventually put it together. But it, gave me th- it made me think, really, about the process. Um, how do these steps fit into the bigger picture? How do I get from here to there? And I don't know if you've ever felt like that in life. You know, there are moments in your life where you can't see how what's happening at the moment fits into the bigger picture. I mean, I know God loves me, and I know he's got a plan for my life, but I'm really having trouble seeing beyond this moment in time. And I think, you know, it's difficult. Um, And I think, looking at the passage that we talked about today, um, I think Paul kind of realizes that when he's writing to the church of Ephesus. I think they might be feeling like this, because Paul says, um, 
when he's writing to them, he's actually writing from prison. And he says, this is why I, Paul, am in jail for Christ, having taken up the cause for outsiders. So they're probably thinking, you're telling, you're giving us all this, you know, words of advice and your support and you're telling us what to do. But hey, you're in prison. How does what you're, you know, what, you know, it's not the best example, I guess, of um, following Christ if you're going to end up in prison. So I think he's probably got in his mind that actually how does Paul's situation that he's in now fit into the bigger picture that God's got for us? So I wanted just to tell you a little bit of a story about me as well. Um, I mentioned that uh, I'm from Guernsey. Well, I'm not from Guernsey. Uh, As I said, I I lived here. And uh, I moved to Guernsey uh, three years ago. I was doing a degree, and I thought to myself, I finished my degree, what can I do? And I said to God, right, God, you know, I will do what you want me to do. I really will. Honestly, anybody, if you ever say that to God, you've really got to be prepared to actually do what he he says, because sometimes it does come out of left field. And uh, God said, you know, you need to go to Guernsey. And I thought, crikey, I don't even know where Guernsey is. I know it's in a channel somewhere. I know you can get Guernsey jumpers, but that's about as much as I knew. I thought it was part of England, but it's actually not. They've got their own government. They've got their own culture. They have all sorts of, you know, it is actually a completely different country. So off I went. I took my kids out of school. At the time, Charlie was 13, 14 and my son was, uh, and Lucy was 16, and she'd just finished her first year at sixth form. So, you know, I wasn't um, the most popular person in the house. Um, so off we went to Guernsey, and I thought that that would be fantastic initially. I thought, God sent me off there, and I'm going to have a whoopee time, because this is exactly what God, where God wants me to be. And it wasn't quite how I thought. And I had these thoughts in my head as well is how does the situation I'm in now you know how is how is that the bigger picture I arrived in Guernsey and for the first four months I have to say I've said pretty much every day what have I done my kids told me every single day I'd ruined their life um the job wasn't quite what I expected um The people in Guernsey are absolutely lovely. They are the nicest people you could possibly come across. But it was a very close-knit community, so I had to fit in. And I remember sitting on the beach, and I was looking out to sea, and I watched this ferry go out. I don't know if anybody's been to the Channel Islands, but the only way you can really get into the Channel Islands is by Condor Ferry or by plane. And often... The, uh, it, you're fogged in and you're there for weeks. So if you ever go to Guernsey, I would make sure you've got a few days spare just in case you get stuck. So I remember sitting on the beach and as I'm seeing the Condor Ferry go, go past, I remember thinking, God, did you actually get on the ferry with me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm from a family where we have to get to airports five hours before you know, so I did everything I did. I checked in two hours before. I got my duty free. You know, everybody's in the car and I got on the ferry. And I said to God, did you, did you, did you forget to check in two hours early? 
You know, did you miss the ferry? Because you're not here with me now. You really aren't. I don't feel, feel you're with me. You know, you're not with me. And I thought, again, you called me here. How is the situation that I'm in at the moment fitting with the bigger picture, fitting with what you want me to do? It was difficult. But you know what? God was with me. He was with me. I promise you that. It was no accident that the very first day I arrived, um, I went off to work and I was on a course. And I was sitting next to somebody called Chrissy. And Chrissy's one of my best friends now. And she said, I said something about God. And she said, oh, Vicky, are you a Christian? And I went, yes. And she said, right, you're coming to church with me now. And I was scooped up and went to church. And they have grown me. You know, I never thought for a minute before I went to Guernsey that I'd be standing up here now preaching. This is my first time to such a big group, so bear with me a bit. But, you know, God has been preparing the way. And so whilst you might think that situations are pretty grim at the time, I promise you that it's all part of that little stepping stone to what God actually wants you to do. Just have a bit of a drink. A couple of weeks ago as well, I was actually trying to think about this whole situation and this whole um, sermon. And I was thinking about puzzles as well. I'm absolutely shocking at puzzles. My parents can um, agree agree with me. I can barely even do a Peppa Pig puzzle. You know, 15 pieces is about as much as I can manage. I'm absolutely shocking at them. I don't have the brain for it. But my family do, and at Christmas time, we always have big puzzles out. And I see what they do. They put all the edge pieces together, all the blue pieces together, uh, you know, all the other bits together, and put them in little piles. And then they start the puzzle. And you look at the blue bits, and you think, oh, those blue bits are for the sky, or they're for the sea. So you've got an idea, haven't you, about where those blue bits fit. And then as the puzzle comes together... Actually, those blue bits aren't the sky at all, or they're not the sea. Actually, you find out that those blue bits are the car or something else. And so what you have in mind, you know where you want to get to. You want to get to that puzzle, don't you? And you have in mind what you want, but sometimes that's not quite what God's after. Sometimes what he's after is the car. And I would argue a little bit that our life is a big puzzle And we go in all sorts of different situations, but, you know, ultimately want this big picture, you know, in the end. And so I think, so the first part of this talk, or the first part of the the Bible, of the uh, passage, is really about how we fit into that bigger picture. And then Paul goes on a little bit to talk about something else, and that's the title of the the, uh, sermon today, is The Mystery of God. And the word mystery, it keeps popping up all over the place. It really does. Um, and I've got, I'm going to read out from the message. Um, the message is a, is a Bible that is um, it's a little bit easier to read, and I tend to like to read it. Um, it makes me understand things a bit better. So I'm just going to read a little bit from the message about the mystery that we're hearing about in this passage. Um, so he says, none of our uns." None of our ancestors understood it. Only in our time has it, become, has it been made clear by God's spirit through his holy apostles and prophets of his new order. The mystery 
is that people who have never heard of God and those who have heard of him all stand on the same ground before God. They have the same offer, the same help, the same promises in Christ Jesus. So actually what Paul is saying in this passage is that the gospel isn't just for Israel, it's for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, what you are, this new church that Paul is, 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 is preaching about is for everybody. And there have been hints, it says in the, in, in the passage, that, that this mystery, there's been hints throughout the Bible about this mystery that will be unfolding. But they weren't quite ready to hear this way back in the Bible. But what Paul is saying now is that they actually are ready. Um, and they're ready for this mystery to be revealed. And in fact, um, earlier on, I, uh, the Greek interpretation of this is actually a truth once hidden has now been revealed. So the world wasn't ready then, but, they, but it is now. And I think God is preparing us all the time for, for, for what, you know, what's going to happen. Last week, I don't know if Jan is here this week, but last week, I was really, uh, Jan, a member of our congregation, mentioned about her um, experience in was it Sudan, South Sudan. Yes, and she was saying that she'd been to South Sudan and she, was, uh, she needed a visa to get in. And uh, they, they didn't have a visa and they couldn't get in. And they were sort of in a holding area, I think. And they were trying to get in to do various stuff. And uh, she said that they managed to get a visa because 20 years ago, she met with somebody 20 years ago. And so she was able to use that contact to get the visa. And it made me think, God really is brilliant. He is fantastic. He, lets, he does stuff that we have no rhyme or reason why. He puts things in our, in our path, experiences but we have no reason why until something like that happens. And she said, you know, if I hadn't met 20 years ago, I wouldn't have got in. But God absolutely knew 20 years ago that 20 years later, Chan would need to get in. And so he is laying the path for us. We just don't know about it. I think if we knew everything, then, you know, we'd, we'd never get out of bed in the morning if we knew what, you know, what, what life holds for us sometimes. So... Um, I think, again, you know, from this passage, we can, we can see that God prepares little steps all the way along for us. And he's really good, God. He's a fantastic God. So, with all that, and I may have burbled on a bit and gone really fast because I said this is my first time. But what should we do about all this? You know, it's all very well reading, you know, the, the Bible and stuff. But we actually have to... Um, to look at it and learn from it and move on. And I think the first of all is life gets tricky. You know, there is, there's going to be times when we can't see the wood for the trees. We really can't. Your job might be rubbish. You might not even have a job. Your kids are probably driving you mad. You know, they, you know nightmare. Or they're breaking your heart, you know. But at the end of the day... God is always there. He's always walking with us in that path. And we might not be able to see it, but I promise you, he's there. He really is walking with us. And if we just keep that in mind, you know, we can call out to God and say, God, did you miss the ferry? 
We can do that. It's okay to get cross with God. It's okay to say to God, where are you? I'm having a rubbish time, but where are you? Because God knows, and he's there, I promise you. And the second is that everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome in our church. You know, we're all on the same footing. We absolutely are. It doesn't matter what you have or haven't done. It really doesn't. God doesn't care. He just wants you here. God loves you, and he wants to spend time with you. He really does, I promise you, because he loves you so much. And I think that is the message, I think, from today. Or that's how I've interpreted it, really, that, you know, God is for everybody. He absolutely is. And I think we, we need to be extraordinary for God. You know, we don't want to be ordinary. We need to be extraordinary for God. So what I thought we could do just to finish off is there's a fantastic song that, I, that, that, that says it all, actually. It's called Come You Vagabonds. And it talks about everybody is welcome at God's table. The happy, the sad, the lost and alone. Come to the feast. There is room at the table. Come let us meet in this place with a king of kindness who welcomes us in with a wonder of love and power of grace. So, can we sing that, if that's okay? Thank you very much. Would you like to stand? Come all you vagabonds, come all you down belongs, winners and losers, come people like me. Come all you travelers, tired from the journey, come wait a while, stay a while, welcome you'll be. Come all you questioners, looking for answers and searching for reasons and sensing it all. Come all you fallen and come all you broken Find strength in your body and food for your soul Come to the feast, there is room at the table Come let us meet in this place With the king of all kindness who welcomes us in With the wonder of love and the power of grace The wonder of love and the power of grace Come those who worry about houses and money And all those who don't have a care in the world From every station and orientation The helpless, the hopeless, the young and the old Come to the feast, there is room at the table Come let us meet in this place With the king of all kindness who welcomes us in
So with that in mind, please take a seat and Anna's going to lead us in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, who created this universe and all things with your grace and mighty power, thank you for bringing us here to celebrate the baptism of Matilda on this lovely summer morning. We pray for our world full of uncertainty where there is so much hatred, division and war. We pray in particular for the situation in Iran that peaceful negotiations will be successful. Guide all our world leaders in your ways of peace, that they may see the world through your eyes and see others as brothers rather than enemies, that they may work together to conquer global issues such as climate change rather than seek to advance their own military prowess and economic supremacy. We pray for countries such as Syria, where there is war or only fragile peace. Give power to the peacemakers that the ways of diplomacy and forgiveness may reign. Heavenly Father, we pray that you'll guide the leaders of all countries, that they may govern with wisdom and justice, and we pray for politicians across the world, that they may have respect for each other and those of different political views from their own. God of the heavens, help our own party leaders, that they may see the world through your eyes when they're making decisions for this country's future so that they may act in the best interest of the whole population. We pray especially for the upcoming leadership elections of both parties, that your choice of candidates will come forth to lead our country. We pray for the church throughout the world, especially those Christians who are persecuted for their faith. We pray you'll give them strength to hold on to and stand up for their faith. We pray for the church in this country, for Archbishop Justin Welby, Bishop Andrew, and for Tom, our vicar, on his extended ministerial leave, and for Daniel, Claire, and Sophie. We pray for the planning application for the church centre at St. Barbara's in Deepcut, submitted this week, that it will be successful and unopposed. Holy Spirit of mercy, we pray for the people of Camberley, our neighbours, colleagues, friends, and we pray for people in any kind of need, the lonely, the unemployed, the despairing and the homeless, Give them your healing and hope. We pray for all those who are unwell, physically or mentally, and we pray for your healing and comfort. Father, we pray also for those who've lost loved ones. Heavenly Father, we bring all these prayers to you with faith and confidence. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who are in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Thank you, Anna, and encouraging that so many of you remembered the Lord's Prayer, seeing as I forgot to put it on the screen. Apologies for that. Uh, we're coming towards the end of our service now, and uh, just a couple of things that I want to uh, bring to your attention. Firstly, is our upcoming leadership training.
Um, <clears throat> if you're in business or uh, you have a business or you have business colleagues, then this is some really, really great leadership training, which is informed by, as you can see, the values that we have as leaders. And there's a taster session coming up on the 25th of July. Uh, these leaflets are outside, so please do grab one or some of those, take them to your place of work, and if there's any interest, then it tells you what to do about it on there. And the second thing I just want to tell you about is that we're really excited because coming up this week is our Holiday Bible Club. We have 70 children signed up, which is, I think, a record for us. Absolutely brilliant. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Daniel very much asks for our prayers for this. It's going to be hot, uh, it's going to be sticky, and it's going to be great fun. Um, but we need people to cover it in prayer. So as God brings it to mind uh, through the week, and particularly Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, please do pray for the leaders and the children, that this won't just be something that they enjoy on the day, but something that will set, lay seeds, sow seeds for their future spiritual growth. So please do remember that in your prayers. Uh, and finally, I've got some bands of marriage for a couple that are going to get married in September. Sam, the, the bride-to-be, is the granddaughter of Tricia McIntosh, one of our congregation. So I published the bands of marriage between Scott Daniel Baker of St. Andrew's Frimley Green and Samantha Louise Harrington of St. Andrew's Frimley Green also. If any of you know just uh, cause or just impediment why these two persons should not be joined together in holy matrimony, please will you come and have a word with me after the service. And this is for the second time of asking. So let's pray for Scott and Sam as they prepare for their wedding day. Father God, we thank you for this couple who are preparing to spend their lives together uh, as a married couple. We pray that the preparations for the day will go really well, but more importantly, that they will prepare deeply and thoroughly for their lives together in you for very, very many years to come. Amen. So now we have our final hymn, and uh, it's a wonderful hymn, which uh, I think the traditional one will be very familiar to you, Amazing Grace, uh, but we are going to sing it in a slightly more contemporary version, so the words will be familiar, and I know you'll quickly pick up the tune. So let's stand and sing of the amazing grace of God. 